The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to be inspired, uplifted, and motivated to greatness? It's time for Star Style. Be the star you are. With your effervescent personal growth coaches, the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and health specialist, Heather Brittany. Define your vision, discover your passion, and design your future in this power-packed hour of life-changing talk radio featuring authors and success experts dedicated to helping you achieve the results you deserve. Be entertained, edutained, encouraged, and empowered. Smile, have fun, and celebrate you. Explore your potential and embrace your possibilities with your hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany on Star Style. Be the star you are, starting right now. Well, howdy, party, 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 <laughs> power partners. <laughs> it's the power partner time. Hello, it's Star Style. Be the star you are. My name is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And today we have such a great show for you. We know that it is going to pump your energy and you are going to just have such a great time because we are going to be bringing you the best-selling author, Allie Carter, with her Gallagher Girls series of spies. And so it's going to be really, I know, it's really fun. I just finished reading the book, and I loved it, loved it. And then we're going to, in Health Matters, Heather's going to bring you a study about women who exercise and drink excessively. And then in our final segment, we're going to both look at the verbal and nonverbal communications and what our body is really saying so we want you to sit back and relax and get ready to have some fun because the miracle moment for today is brought to you by the Express Yourself Teen Radio Program, the number one radio show on the Voice America Kids Network that broadcasts every Tuesday at noon Pacific. So we hope that you will go to expressyourselfteenradio.com and you'll see all the photos and links, etc. And this miracle moment is by W. Clement Stone. Be careful the environment you choose, for it will shape you. Be careful of the friends that you choose, for you will become like them. How true that is, right, Heather? Yeah. We are mirrors. We are mirrors of one another. Now, Heather, I know it's getting really close to Easter. It is springtime. And since I'm the egg lady and the chicken lady, I just wanted to share a really important piece of news about eggs in your Health Matters segment before you take us to the exercise and the drinking. So here it goes. You know, eggs have gotten a bad rap, but when you eat fresh eggs, fresh organic eggs, especially like the ones that, you know, my chickens lay, they are packed with vitamin D, with iron, with folic acid. That's something that you talk about a lot in uh, Health Matters. And it ha- they have high-quality protein, and 
there's only 70 calories a pop. So the studies are showing that people who eat at least one egg a day actually have lower rates of heart attack and stroke. Well, so that's my tip for the day, Heather. So come on, let's go ahead and get with your health matters. Yeah, well, um, I recently discovered um, this study, which I think really applies to a lot of people. So what it is is that um, the University of Miami did a study um, discussing women and their drinking habits, and there's been this sort of new elevation of higher rates of heavier drinkers and almost the point of alcoholism in women. And the something that was so interesting that they found was the correlation with exercise. Most of the time when we think of someone who is a binge drinker or drinks a lot is probably a big couch potato and doesn't exercise. But something that was really interesting in the study found that the heaviest drinkers were also the women that exercised the most. And something might be that just seems so bizarre to me. That seems so bizarre. Yeah, go ahead. Sort of that, I guess. You know, work hard, play hard, and um, you know, I know myself have even said before. Oh, you know, I, I, I worked out really hard. I can drink. You know, I rather drink my calories. You know, because and that's something. I mean, alcohol, though in moderation, can be have health benefits. They're also loaded with calories and carbs, and you can really kind of go against. you know, the healthy exercising. And well, I want to just uh, jump in when you say, you know, you drink your your uh, calories. But the, po- the point is, with alcohol, it's empty calories. So it's not a, you're getting calories, but you're not getting nutrition. Yeah, and you no, know, because very much so. So the thing that they found in the study is um, why these women may be so fit. And something they found, too, is... Um, the people that exercise more, they're drinking more, and they're almost drinking, they're more likely, if they went to a party and drank a lot, they're more likely to have an increased exercise the next day um, because they don't want to be gaining this weight from it. Um, we all know, you know, after heavy drinking, the effects on your body, a lot of times, um, health-wise, you may not, you know, that's when you get your crazy, greasy, unhealthy food. Um, so you're more likely to eat something unhealthy after. Also, um, after a workout, um, it's really the recovery time that your body is um, really working its hardest. It's after an uh, after an exercise after exercising. If you are to drink, it actually slows the recovery time. Um, so your body um, can actually store up to about 50% more carbs um, than it would because when you're drinking alcohol, your body um, isn't focusing on the breakdown of food, it's focusing on um, the digestion of the alcohol. And what happens is alcohol gets broken down to um, an amino acid. And so what happens is that gets then produced into a fat. Your body stores it as fat. And they found that your body tends to store these more in the glutes and in the thighs um, than other places. And just as well, you know, some health people get that beer belly per se. Um, also, it you know, can disrupt your sleep. A lot of times, people, because of this, your body can you know, go through night sweats and withdrawals. And also, um, they found that alcohol um, can increase women's chances of breast cancer um, by drinking in such high amounts. Now, we all know about how a you know, glass of wine is, is good and filled um, with so many of uh, you know, antioxidants. But there's always that point of having um, so too much of something. 
and, and something that was interesting too, um, that they found trying to find you know this, this strange coincidence of why women are drinking more and yet they're working out is hard. Um, there's something that happens when you exercise, your body, um, you get this huge adrenaline, but you get serotonin, you feel really good inside. And so a lot of times um, people that are really, you know, heavy drinkers and are exercisers, they're just sort of prone to this reward system. You know, I work out really hard, I feel great afterwards. Um, and so same thing as you know, they're drinking. And their body, what can happen over time is that their body's metabolizing things differently. So what one week, you know, they, they may build actually a higher tolerance for it. So one week what something may give you a buzz because you're totally slammed um, the next day. And and the thing is I think a lot of women um, also with this, this sort of uh, alcohol increase is a lot of women you know, are doing more successful and workplaces now. And so before, you know, it's a gentleman's club. Well, that was going to be my question, is why is this increase in the alcohol? Is it, is it you know, like, hey, it's 5 o'clock, I'm going to have a drink? Is that the deal? No, you know, I think, again, it's this, that reward thing. I work hard, I play hard. You know, I've been working hard all weekend, I deserve to play. Similar, you know, I've been exercising, taking care of my body. I'm going to have that cooking. It's sort of this, um, you know, work with rewards that we do. And... What, you know, I, and I think it's what they've noticed is women especially being in more successful positions and being in more of a, a gentleman's thing and keeping up with the boys. And something a lot of women don't realize is women are proportioned differently than, than men and we have more um, body fat and less water than they do. So we don't absorb um, and dilute alcohol as well as men do. And um, primarily the thing is that we have these enzymes um, that uh, break down the alcohol in our body and with fluctuating hormones, it's going to affect us more, again, with packing on the weight. And women, it's sort of this thing of it's being counterproductive. Everywhere. And don't we get dehydrated quicker as well? Oh, most, most definitely. Just as, and that's something with the hormonal imbalance. And that's going to affect you as, um, you know, after drinking all this alcohol, it can affect your serotonin levels. And hormones, I mean, gosh, hormones, we talked before, control everything. And especially the cortisol, um, which is in the stomach, which is a fat hormone. And it's also a stress hormone. So when we're really stressed, we, that's, we, we produce this hormone, which tends to hold on to our fat and stimulate it in that way. So that can happen you know, with these hormone fluctuations that women experience. Um, when alcohol is, it kind of throws off your body's natural chemistry. And that's being potentially weight gain. And sort of this cycle of thing is counterproductive. If you're working out hard, but then you're treating alcohol right after, your body's not giving you the same benefits. You're not, um, you know, you're actually slowing down the process. You're going to get... Heather, sick. is there an age range? I mean, is it younger women that are exercising excessively and then drinking heavily? It just seems to me it would be people more in their 20s as opposed to, no, you know, that, you know or is it all ages? It's all, in this study, what was really interesting is they actually did over 200,000 um, men and women of all ages, not just the roaring 20s, um, all ages, success, and they found that 10% um, of people who were, you know, more, uh, that exercised more were likely to, uh, or excuse me, these heavy drinkers were also heavy exercisers. And it showed that the heavy drinkers exercised 10 minutes more each week than 
moderate uh, drinkers and 20 minutes more than people who abstain, who don't drink at all. So it's really kind of baffling to them. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of considered a new phenomenon. There's more stresses. Um, again, you know, it isn't taboo anymore for women. To so what do you think is the solution? Because, of course, as always, we're running short on time here, so we're going to have to wrap it up. But what would be the solution or what's the advice that you're going to give to uh, people of all ages out there when it comes to exercises and exercising and watching your intake of alcohol? Is there, you know, is there something that we have to watch out for? Yeah, well, you know, if um, if you have to ask yourself, it usually can mean it, you are having too much. And being, you know, on the lookout for things, you know, mood swings, um, how you feel when you're not drinking, if it's affecting things in your life, personal life, where if you're not getting um, your prior commitments done, you know, if it's sort of having highs and lows, all give your body a break, see how it affects you. Um, other things that it affects the lining in your stomach, so give your body a break. It's not loud, we're all humans, we all in, overindulge a little sometimes, um, but really, you know, be on the lookout of this, and, and try, again, the exercise is such a great thing for your body. Try to, you know, if you're craving something bubbly, you know, make yourself the water and, you know, incorporate just, you know, a glass of wine every day. Slowly wean yourself off. Find other things that are going to be fulfilling. Those are great tips. I like the idea of, you know, just drink some sparkling water, put a spritz of orange juice or lemon in it, and you'll be good. Well, Heather, give out the websites, another good health segment. Most definitely, we want you to go to BeTheStarYouAre.com as well as BeTheStarYouAre.org. And when we come back from break, we are going to go into the world of teenage spies when New York Times bestselling author Allie Carter joins us with her newest bestseller in the Gallagher Girl series, Out of Sight, Out of Time. We don't want you to be out of sight, and we're not out of time, so you stay with us. My name is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And you're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and we will be right back. Don't go away. You don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take World Talk Radio on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Get a positive prescription for living and discover a cure for adversity when you make a difference in the lives of others by donating to Be The Star You Are, a 501c3 top-rated charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth through increased literacy, positive media, and tools for living. www.bethestarur.org. All donations are tax-deductible. www.bethestarur.org. Be the lucky star. You 
Are you a teenager with lots to say but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel and join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryant, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Be the star you are. You are the star. Get ready to be inspired, entertained, and motivated to greatness with positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Turn up the volume. Tune in to the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, back to the program with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Well, thank you so much for staying here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and I am about to take you through the doors of the esteemed Gallagher Academy for Exceptional Young Women. And if you don't know what that is, it's an elite, all-girls, private institution where all the required courses are taught, like English and history and advanced martial arts, chemical warfare, as well as studies in CIA code breaking. And education at this academy is priceless, and not everyone's accepted, so you have to listen carefully. But to give you a better chance to become a Gallagher girl, I have invited a very specially trained VIP to be the guest on Star Style today. Her name is Allie Carter, and she is the world's foremost expert and archivist of matters pertaining to everything of the Gallagher girls. And sometimes she is the mastermind behind the intel. Welcome, Allie, to Star Style. Be the star you are. Thank you, Cynthia, for having me. Well, espionage, encryption, languages, covert operations, codes, these are just few of the expertises that your exceptional women at the Academy need to learn. Now, you have just released your newest adventure, Out of Sight, Out of Time. Give us a little bit of background about the Gallagher Girls and this incredible Academy for Exceptional Young Ladies. Oh, well, thank you so much. I've been writing the Gallagher Girls now for several years, and this is, like you say, my fifth book. And it's just been amazing to watch the girls grow, watch the readership grow, and just really see where where these young women are capable of going. Because I think in our society, we have a tendency to underestimate women and certainly to underestimate young girls. 
And who is better to be a you know classic covert operative than somebody who is almost always underestimated and undervalued? And so that's kind of the history of the Gallagher Academy for Exceptional Young Women. That at the end of the Civil War, the founder Gillian Gallagher started this school to, to give women the education that they weren't allowed to have um, via the government or even other private institutions. And so there are a lot of parallels between the fictional world and the real world in this series. And that's one thing that I hear whenever I speak with readers is they really want to go to the Gallagher Academy. They want to know if it's real, if they can apply. They want to learn how to kill a man with a piece of uncooked spaghetti, and I think that's kind of awesome. And we have so many young girls out there that are just so bright and articulate and kind, and I just feel really, really blessed that I get to write these books for them. Well, and of course, they can go to the website and find out how to apply to the Academy. Yes. <laughs> and I, and it's, a, it's a wonderful way. They can see if they can get admitted, and I think that would be a very smart thing for people to do. You can go to the GallagherAcademy.com. That's G-A-L-L-A-G-H-E-R Academy.com. And you can find out if you have what it takes to be a Gallagher girl. Well, I love it that you're writing for young girls because I totally agree with you that women are so underestimated and we have to give our girls the strength and the, and the power to be the stars that they are. One of the things that I find uh, so interesting is that your background is not actually in writing, your mom was an English teacher. Your dad is a farmer, or is he still a farmer, or is, farmer and yes. rancher? No, he's, he's and, still a farmer. Yeah, and this is what we have very much in common. I am a farmer rancher's daughter, and I'm kind of a farmer rancher myself. And we're both writers. It's interesting how you actually worked in ag- agriculture too. I'm still called the chicken lady. I sell my my eggs to customers. <laughs> so. <laughs> So what made you become a writer? And, and because you're, the, the locations that you have are exotic and exciting and they're just so filled with intricacies. So it's a, it's a different world. It's not like you're writing about growing up on the ranch. No, I'm not. I think though, in hindsight, um, growing up on a farm, it's so interesting that, that you and I share that. Um, it's just a really great background for teaching you to use your imagination and teaching you to be very, very self-sufficient and also working very hard. Oh, and, you know, you hit it right on the nail because people say that to me. Why do you? It's like you work 24 hours a day. Well, that's the way, that's what farmers do. Yes. And, What's and a we weekend? have to be self-sustaining. These are right. things that we don't know. Right. And, and you're right about the imagination. I mean, in the hills and the trees, you know, we did more explorations. We did more creative things than anything, you know, anybody else could imagine. So this has to be part of it is you have a lot of time to do those things. So, but, you know, tell us how the, your imagination led to these, uh, these books. And you also write books for adults too. I have written a couple of books for adults. Those were actually the first books I ever published, but I haven't done that in several years because I think once I started writing for teens, I realized that I am just a big teenager. I think most YA authors that I know pretty much stopped maturing about at about the age of 17, 16, or 17. We're all still secretly hoping that we get invited to prom, and so it's it's very natural, I think, for me to continue to write for young adults. When I was a young adult growing up on the ranch, it was, you know, hours and hours of painting fence and driving tractors and, you know, working in the barns and just knowing that 
I didn't have an iPod or an iPad or something to keep me entertained. I had to entertain myself. And so my sister and I were constantly making up stories and making up very elaborate games and doing our own choreography and Broadway shows and just all kinds of crazy stuff that my mom always says that if she'd had a video camera of those things, then she would either have, you know, won a million dollars on America's Funniest Home Video or we would have killed her and burned all the evidence. I'm not exactly sure which would have happened. Um, I, I understand. I'm sure you're probably one of those girls who stood at the top of the barn and, you know, put put uh, like Superman and tried to jump off and see if you could fly it. I know that we did. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and the tractors, we couldn't go out on a date until we finished our plowing. So yeah, no, it's, it was very it was serious. good way to grow up. I, I really, really um, hope that more young people are able to do that and just spend more time in their own heads because I think that that's why reading and storytelling were so important in, in my childhood. And that's one of the things that I, I'm glad to see sort of this resurgence of young adult literature in the hopes that maybe, you know, this is not going to be lost in the generations, that we're storytelling and using your imagination is going to continue to be very, very important in our culture. Well, and I, I really applaud the uh, the depth of your character. So let's talk about, you know, your four main characters of Cammie Morgan, Elizabeth Sutton, Rebecca Baxter, and Macy McHenry. These are, they're all young girls. They've been best friends you know, forever. And, but yet they have, they, they, it's not that they don't have fear, but they learn how to work with it. But they're, but the bottom line is they're just girls like everybody else. They've just developed some extra skills. I mean, they still fall in love. They, they get mad. You know, they have studies, et cetera. Give us some of the in, intel on where these girls came from. What was the combination or the collaboration or, you know, is, tell us how you developed your characters. It was really a lot of fun developing these characters, and it really all started with the main character, Cammie Morgan. And I don't know where I heard this, if this was even true or not, but I remember at some point hearing that all of the actors who had ever played James Bond would not be allowed to have that job in real life because they were all too tall and too handsome. And that always kind of struck me as... as Probably very accurate and very true because when you think about it, true spies are the ones who go unnoticed. They're the people who you can kind of glance over and, for lack of a better word, they're chameleons. And yet, in our kind of culture, we have this, you know, mental picture of spies being these tall, gorgeous people who, as soon as they walk into a room, all heads turn. And I always thought that that was kind of ironic, that that was not how real spies would be. And, And, you know, I'm going to jump in and say that you're absolutely right. I've interviewed, I think, yeah, three different spies, uh, MI6, Uh here who have written books. And without exception, each of them just said exactly what you just said, is that the public image is that we're all these gorgeous, dark, handsome things. But the reality is we blend in, and that's why we were good spies. Exactly. And so when I started with this book, I knew I wanted to set it at at a boarding school for teenage girl spies. And I felt very much pulled to the idea that my main character should be like a real spy. She should be a chameleon. And so she's not too tall, not too short, not too, you know, anything. And so that was really where Cammie the Chameleon originated. And from there, I knew I wanted to give her a really amazing group of friends who were more like sisters since they do live in this boarding school together and, you know, they're going to fight like sisters and have bonding sessions like sisters. And they're going to be so much more than just friends. And so 
I kind of went out to the four corners, you know, of the earth to make sure that I had all of the extremes kind of represented there. I knew I wanted to show that not all Gallagher girls um, come from families of spies. So I wanted to have one girl who was very much there just because she was so smart and so capable and just kind of, you know, tested in, for lack of a better term. And so that's her friend Liz, who's a little bit accident-prone, but, boy, she's a genius. Um, I also wanted to have one of her friends be um, from Britain, who's actually the first non-American Gallagher girl. And so that's her best friend, Bex, who also comes from a spying family. Both of her parents are operatives with MI6. And the last Gallagher girl is Macy McHenry, and she was the last to actually come to me. And Macy is a girl who basically showed up at the Gallagher Academy because she had no place else to go. She's the daughter of an heiress and a senator. She's been kicked out of every boarding school in the country. And what Macy doesn't know when she comes to the Gallagher Academy is she is actually a descendant of Jillian Gallagher, the founder of the school. And so that completed our set. And so while Macy doesn't know as much about spying as the rest of the girls know, Macy knows real life. She has lived more of her life outside of the walls of this, you know, very, very secluded private school. And so she can actually bring a lot of real-world knowledge to the group. Now, tell us about the school, because it's, it's set in Virginia, and although these the girls, they travel all around the world. I mean, Macy has her jet, which is so <laughs> terrific. I mean, it's great to have all that money and just to have it, to be using it for good. Uh, is it based on an actual school or a boarding school that you'd ever heard about, read about, saw? Because you're from Oklahoma. You live in Oklahoma, right? I do, yes. And I, I don't think you went to boarding school. I did not, no. I went to the um, you know, opposite of boarding school, a very small public school in a rural area. It was great, but it was definitely not a fancy high-end boarding school back east. Um, but I knew that I wanted this school to basically have a cover identity because that's one of the big things in espionage is that nothing's ever truly as it seems. And it's not like you can just make the school invisible. People have to know it exists. These girls like Liz have to be able to tell their parents where they're going to school, but their parents can't know the truth about it. And so I gave it the cover of just being a very exclusive boarding school um, for very, very high-end and very, very smart families. And what we found was that it was very important for us to be able to set it someplace that would have existed during the Civil War or been a part of the country during the Civil War, which eliminated, obviously, about two-thirds of the country. And also I knew that Virginia very much has a close tie to the CIA because that's, of course, where Langley is, which is the head headquarters of the CIA. So a lot of people, when you think CIA, you think covert operations, Virginia is the state that comes to mind. So I said, okay, it's an old estate in Virginia um, that the founders, you know, Jillian Gallagher, that was her family's home. Whenever she inherited the house, she turned it into the school. And really from that point forward, the ball started rolling and, and the story just kind of took off from there. Did it in- include, or did you have to do a lot of research about MI6, about CIA operations? Uh, I mean, I know lots can come from your imagination because you're very creative, but was there a lot of research involved to get some of the, some of the spy terms correct and the covert operations correct? I mean, what kind of time did you have to put into doing something like that? 
Absolutely. I spent a lot of time researching, especially in the beginning, because I wanted the school, even though it is kind of outlandish, the notion that there is a boarding school for girl spies, you know, somewhere hidden in Virginia, um, I knew I wanted the actual sort of meat of the story to be very, very much um, based in facts. And so the lessons that the girls take are the types of lessons that they actually teach at the farm, which is, you know, rumored to be the training facility for the CIA. It, um, the types of classes that they take, the types of subject matter that they deal with, all of that is definitely based in reality. And in fact, many of the examples of lessons and classes and tests that they do, especially in the first two or three books, I actually pulled from espionage um, research. Um, how I did that research was kind of a, you know, shotgun approach. I, I read a lot of biographies. I also watched um, a lot of documentaries on the history of the CIA and MI6. There was a really great um, BBC reality show for a while that was basically training to become a spy, where they take real people off the street and teach them covert techniques. And so that, of course, was just a gold mine to me. And all of these things really culminated also with a great deal of common sense. I really wanted to make sure that, again, even though the whole premise was a little bit out there, that the actual you know bones of the story or the bones of the school were very much based on what real clandestine operatives learn. Well, and you know, I mean, with I think for teens, this is so exciting. You had said something about um, it, that that teens and teenagers have so much in. I mean, spies and teenagers have so much in common because they both have to really rely on their gut instincts and on some disguises and on intel just so that they can blend in and to figure out who are their friends and who aren't their friends. So so a spy, having a teen spies is really, really exciting. I think it's a very exciting premise, as exciting as, you know, the, the vampires and the Harry Potters and all of that. I just think this is just, you know, it was really, really brilliant. And obviously... The teens are reacting. They're loving it. Well, thank you. It's been a lot of fun. And the, the parallels between being a teenager and being a spy just get deeper with, with every book that I write. And I can see, oh, yeah, this, is, this is, must be how a spy feels all the time, not knowing who you can trust, not knowing what to believe, not knowing which side of yourself you should show in a certain situation. That's, that's what teenagers do every single day. When I was working on the first book especially, I'd tell you I love you, but then I'd have to kill you. I would always say, you know, all teenage girls with crushes are spies. These girls just have the training to back it up. And, you know, I want to just compliment you on your title. They are so catchy. I tell you, I love you, but then I'd have to kill you. I mean, because we always say that, don't we? We yes. say to people, we always say, oh, I could tell you that, but then I have to kill you. I mean, you know, that's a spy thing. And uh, the, let's see, cross my heart and hope to spy. Love it. Love it. Don't judge a girl by her cover. It's <laughs> so great. <laughs> and only the good spy young. And I, you're just, you came up with some very, very catchy, catchy titles. And we're talking to Allie Carter. She's a New York Times bestselling writer of many books, but five of which are in this Gallagher Girl series. Her newest book is Out of Sight, Out of Time. And her website is AllieCarter.com, and it's just filled with great information. And, of course, if anyone wants to to uh, submit an application for the Gallagher Academy for very exceptional girls, they can go to the GallagherAcademy.com. Well, it sounds like you're just having a blast writing these and constantly cooking up new ideas. And I'm sure you get some ideas 
from the teens that uh, that that write to you or that you meet at your book signings? Oh, they all have definitely ideas of what they think needs to happen. Um, it's been very, very interesting to see them try to guess what's coming next in the series, who Kami's going to end up with, whether she's going to figure out what happened to her father or not. Sometimes they're right in their guesses, sometimes they're wrong, but they all have their theories. And it's, it's a lot of fun to see them sort of get together either online or at signings and huddle together and compare theories and try to figure out where the, where the books are going next. And hopefully as the author, I will continue to be able to surprise them. So this is a this is a series that has caught your heart as well. And obviously the the imagination and the creativity and the insights just keep coming. So there's there's kind of no end in sight to uh to the Allie Carter Gallagher girls, right? Well, I'm really having a lot of fun writing the books. I've always said that I didn't want to stay too late at the party. Um, I would like to end the series in, in the strongest way possible. I think that that will probably happen with book six, um, which will be the next thing that I work on here in the next couple of months. Um, but hopefully we're going to be able to continue to find new adventures for the readers, be it in this series or another. Um, I don't anticipate that I'm going to stop writing for teens anytime soon. Oh, you know, I'm so glad you're saying that because teens rock. I think teens are where it's at. Are we going to hear more about Zach? I really like Zach. <laughs> so we're hoping. Zach is I'm quite just... the dreamboat. He yeah, is. Yeah, he is the dreamboat. I love him. I love him. I could just see this as a movie. And or a TV series, you know, how, why not? I think this would be a great thing. Well, I also wanted to tell all our listeners that you're going to want to be tuning in to Express Yourself Teen Radio because Ali Carter is going to be a guest on that uh, show as well and be interviewed by our teen hosts. So we're really, really excited that she is going to be uh, coming to Express Yourself Radio, so make sure that you go to the Voice America Kids Network and check out Express Yourself Teen Radio, and you will be able to hear her, um, hear more of Allie, and she'll actually be interviewed by the teens. So you'll get a completely different perspective of what is going on. So people can follow you on Facebook, on Twitter, and of course, they can go to your website, AllieCarter.com, and they can apply for the exclusive web-only Gallagher Girls um, stories at thegallagheracademy.com. Do you want to just give us a final kind of wrap-up, Allie? Because these books are just so fun. And, you know, it's like you finish it and you just can't wait to see what is the next thing that's going to happen. Oh, thank you, Cynthia. I just really want to thank you for having me on and, and just tell all your listeners out there that teen fiction is where it's at. You know, Hunger Games has really shown a bright light on the wonderful things, things that's going on in our genre. And I'm just really, really proud to be writing for teenagers today. Um, you know, I just got off a book tour and it was so fun to go on book tour and hear not only from teens who are enjoying the series, but teens and mothers and grandmothers and librarians and really readers of all ages are, are really flocking to the YA section of the bookstore, and I'm just thoroughly um, honored to be to be one of the authors on the shelves there. Well, and you know, I want to just say that as well as I love YA literature, and I agree with you. I don't think it's just for young adults. I think it's for everyone Absolutely. and everyone because you know what we rediscover our young selves when we read YA literature. So if you want to be young forever, just stay in that section of the of the book stores and of the libraries and wherever that you love books 
and go to AllieCarter.com and pick up copies while you're out there of her New York Times bestselling series of the Gallagher Girls, with the newest one being Out of Sight, Out of Time. So, Allie, it is such a pleasure to have you, a fellow farm girl, on the show with me, and I'm sure so much of your imagination started on those tractors, and I'm, I'm just delighted that you took the time out to share your insights and your background and your intel with our star style, Be the Star You Are listeners. Thank you so much, Allie, for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. Well, it's been a delight. Allie Carter, out of sight, out of time. Go to her website, AllieCarter.com. And my name is Cynthia Bryan, and I think I should be one of the um, the professors at the Academy, and we'll have to find that out. Yes, I think that's a good idea. And so when I come back, we're going to talk about first impressions. You never know how that will work. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Our guest is Allie Carter, and I'm Cynthia Bryan. Don't go away. I'll be right back. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite World Talk Radio show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Are you making great first impressions? Studies reveal that when someone meets you for the first time, 80% of that first impression has nothing to do with the words you speak. 50% of that impression is through your body language and your personal appearance. 30% is the tonality of your voice and the energy you project. Therefore, only 20% is dependent on your words. So in order to make a great first impression, you have to practice boosting your level of energy and enthusiasm quotient while transforming your body language to project confidence and interest in the other person. As you interact with another person, Watch his or her body language and tailor your conversation to reflect that. We only have one shot at a first impression, and that imprint may be the difference between success or rejection. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. Visit StarStyleProductions.com for more information or call 925-377-STAR. That's 925-377-7827 to book your consultation today. Looking for unique, one-of-a-kind gifts for the special woman in your life? The Carmony Collection creates handmade handbags, clutches, candles, and canvases from vintage and recycled fabrics, bangles, and beads. Be eco-friendly and fashionable with prices for all pocketbooks. Visit www.carmonycollection.com. That's Carmony with a K and Collection with a K. Or call 925-785-7827. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature Star Style consultations. With personalized sessions by phone or in person, you'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7888. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com You can be the star you are. Be the star 
you are Light up the flames that burns Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax-deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. BeTheStarYouAre.org Be the lucky star you the volume, grab a seat, and get ready to be challenged, inspired, and motivated to greatness. It's power party time on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with your hosts, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Well, I am glad you are still here with me on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, where the world comes to talk and listen. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and I'm your guide on the side. I'm here with you every week on World Talk Radio, helping you to be the star you were born to be. Well, in our business bites this week, I gave you a tip about first impressions. And now I'm going to delve a little bit deeper into the channels, both verbal and nonverbal, because two distinct conversations are occurring at the same time. And I want to share five body language guidelines to build your negotiation expertise. Because in any business encounter, whether it's high-stakes negotiations to just everyday bargaining, you are communicating over two channels, both the verbal and nonverbal. So we have these two conversations going on. Now, while a well-designed bargaining strategy is obviously important, it doesn't determine the most important message that you send. So communication research shows that in a 30-minute negotiation, two people send more than 800 different nonverbal signals. We're not even talking about the words we say. We're talking about nonverbal. And if you focus only on the verbal ex- exchange and you ignore the nonverbal, you're going to stand a high chance of coming away from that negotiation wondering why in the world your brilliantly constructed bargaining plan just didn't work out the way that you thought it was going to. So here are five body language guidelines to help you hold your own when you have to negotiate the next time, whether it be for a raise or just for, you know, what you want to plan for dinner. So the first one is start off with the right stuff, and it all begins with the right attitude. Regardless of how tiring or frustrating your day may have been, before you enter the meeting room, pull your shoulders back, hold your head high, take a deep breath, and walk in as your best self. You want to exude ease and energy. I call this exercise, it's an acting exercise that I teach, I call it puppet on a string. And if you actually pull a piece of your hair up like you're pulling a puppet and you stand on your tippy toes and you take a deep breath in while you're doing that and then you exhale as you let your hands down, you're going to get into the right posture that you need for negotiating, auditioning, or anything that's important in life. Now, just after entering the room, stop for a minute. Look around at the people who are already assembled there. Now, open your eyes slightly wider than usual because what this does is it triggers an eyebrow flash, which is kind of a slight upward movement. It's a universal sign of recognition and welcome. 
and then put on your biggest smile. Make eye contact with everyone in the room. And a simple way to enhance positive eye contact is to look at the eyes long enough to know what color they are. So don't just scan the room and smile. Look at each person and think to yourself, oh, he has brown eyes. She has blue eyes. Those are green. Oh, maybe those are aqua. The second thing is if it's appropriate, we shake hands. I know in today's day, everybody's using Perel and we're afraid of of the norovirus, etc. But you do develop an immediate and positive connection with someone by simply shaking their hands. But if you do it right, uh, you know, a weak handshake is a really bad sign. So whenever possible, you want to initiate the handshake. Lean forward, extend your hand with your palm facing sideways. Keep your body squared off to the other person, and you're going to face that person fully. And again, maintain that eye contact with a smile on your face. Now, make sure you have palm-to-palm contact and that the web of your hand, that's the skin between your thumb and your first finger, touches the web of the other person. You want a firm handshake because people judge you as whether you are weak or indecisive if you offer one of those limp grips. So don't be overly aggressive. Don't squeeze too hard. Don't want to break their hand, but be firm. And, you know, as Allie was saying, being a farm girl, I have to say I have a very firm handshake. So I have to, when I'm working on uh, meeting anyone, I have to actually say to myself, now, don't break their hand because just my handshake alone is very strong. Now, you want to hold the other person's hand a second longer than you're naturally inclined to do because this conveys some additional sincerity and quite literally you know, in quotes, holds the other person's attention while you are exchanging greetings. Start talking. Say something before you let grow, let go. For example, you want to say, it's great to see you again, or I'm really happy to be here. And keep your head up and, and move your eyes just slightly to the side. But don't look at the ceiling and don't be uh, fluttering around. Next, the third, the third thing you need to do is to kill, continue to build rapport. In negotiations, rapport is absolutely the foundation for a win-win outcome, and you're always after a win-win. Everything that I've said before is geared to sending rapport building non-verbal statements. So to continue building rapport, you want to remain, may remain standing there in your position. You want to have your eye contact. You want to lean forward just slightly and use head nods of encouragement and you smile when it's appropriate. Now, that doesn't mean you paste a smile on your face and have it be insincere. So from now on, you have to listen and really listen. Don't be planning your next move. You want to be listening. And if it is something you need to smile about, then you smile. The most powerful sign of a rapport and one that you already show unconsciously around people you like and respect is you mirror the other person's body language, which is their posture, their gestures, their expressions, even their breathing pattern. And mirroring is something else that we teach in acting because when you're auditioning, we really do have to mirror the other person. Now, mirroring builds agreement. But if you if you use mirroring as a technique, you have to be very subtle with it. You want to allow two or three seconds to go by before you gradually change your body posture and your language to more or less reflect that of the other person. Now, the fourth most important step is to be confident. 
You want to show uh, your torso is one way of demonstrating a high level of confidence, security, and trust. So if you're covering your, your body with your arms are folded in front of you or you're crossing your legs, it appears that you're trying to protect yourself. It's like you're trying to keep your heart in a special place. And that isn't what you want to do. So you want to keep your torso open at all times. Your feet also say a lot about your self-confidence. I bet you didn't think about that. So when you're standing with your feet close together, you seem to be more timid and more hesitant. And that's not a good thing. But when you widen your stance and you relax your knees and you center your weight uh, of your body into your lower body, you're going to look more solid and you look more sure of yourself. And when you need to be seen as assertive, remember that your power is displayed by height and space. So if you stand, you're going to look more powerful to those who are seated. If you move around, the additional space you take up adds to the impression of power. Now, if you're sitting, you can still project power by stretching your legs and arms and spreading your belongings out on the conference table. It's like you're claiming your territory, and you can really spread your body out. If you've ever noticed somebody who's really confident and they're sitting, they take up a lot of room in the chair, and they feel like they're owning the room. Something else that I teach in the acting, and that is really important, is you don't want to bend over. That gives your power away. That is showing that you are kind of bowing down. So you're always going to be standing or sitting and be erect and take command of the room. It's something even with media. If you want to have more energy and excitement, don't sit when you're doing an interview. Stand up. Be energetic. And the final thing is you want to leave with a positive impression. In the same way that you conveyed the energy and ease during your entrance, you want to project confidence throughout the negotiation process And then you want to make a really strong exit. You want to stand tall. You want to shake hands warmly. And you want to leave your counterpart with the impression that you're someone to look forward to dealing with in the future. You don't want to dilly-dally. You don't want to make small talk. You just want to say thank you and leave. Because, again, remember that you are the star of your own performance. And it's up to you to make a great first impression so that all your impressions are not only great, but give you the winning edge so that everybody wins. So thank you again for joining me today here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. If you're interested in purchasing any of my books, which are a donation to the charity, you can find them at starstyleradio.com and just click on the store icon. You can also call our studio at 925-377-STAR. We take credit cards PayPal, of course, checks, and you can get autographed copies, which make great gifts. If you'd like to make a donation to the charity, please visit BeTheStarYouAre.org or BTSYA.com, and you can make a tax-deductible contribution. There's many things you can sponsor, including this radio program as well as our teen radio program and many of our essay contests and different things coming up. So do get in touch with us and Be the Star You Are is a literacy and positive media charity that brings you this radio show and Express Yourself Teen Radio. So it is very powerful, uh, powerful things. We've been broadcasting live since 1998 without missing a week, and we really are grateful to all of you listeners. So as you go out into the day-to-day, remember that no one has ever walked this earth with your exact combination 
of inborn and acquired strengths, weaknesses, skills, talents, frailties, and experiences. You are one of a kind. You are you. And you have the power to become the person you want to be. You want to be the star of your own life. And, you know, you're already a star. Take a look in the mirror and admire yourself. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, and motivate. I want you to cherish the past, dream of the future, but celebrate today and every moment of your life. And, of course, please do read books because books are like a garden in your pocket. And until Heather, Brittany, and I join you again next week, I want to thank you for being our great listeners. I want to thank Matt, our engineer, and everyone at World Talk and Voice America. And go out into the world and be the star you are. I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are where you are a star. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for tuning in every week for the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Our goal is to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to reach for the stars and shine brightly. For further information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. You're invited to our power party next week and every week right here on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel with the dynamic duo, the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, our health hero, Heather Brittany, and the pioneers on the planet. We'll pour more champagne for the spirit with positive, uplifting, life-changing radio. Until we play again, be the star you are. You are.